Welcome back to our second episode of Unbandaged. This is the number one podcast in America, according to the 817 people that listened to the first one. Hopefully after today, we'll build on it. I guess the first subject that Gavi and I want to talk about was last night. We're down here in South Florida, Palm Beach, Delray, and Boca area. We want to talk about the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. And uh, the first thing, Gavi's the expert in this area, but the first thing I think we should talk about is the altitude. These guys are wearing a shirt that says mile high because Denver (laughs) is a mile high. And Miami, I think, is six feet above elevation. There it's 6,000 feet. And it's almost as though the Miami Heat players were playing with a mask on. If you watched them at the end of the game, they were exhausted. And although they kept up, it was a great game. What do you think moving forward, Gavi? I think that uh, I think the Miami Heat, first of all, they had a seven-game series against the Boston Celtics. They had a tough series against the New York Knicks. And uh, they had to fight every single uh, game to just get into the playoffs. So I think they were a little exhausted. They only had a day rest, and Denver had 10 days off. And then they went from sea level, basically, to a mile high. So I think they were exhausted and tired. I think that if they don't come back in game two, the series could be over. So game two's on Sunday, right? Yes. So they have a couple of days to rest. But what's interesting, you know, we're from Philadelphia. We were blown out of the last, uh, well, not blown out, but we made it all the way to the end. But you sit there, and in Philadelphia, everybody screams, defense, defense. And then you go to another arena, it's the same, defense, defense. And then you see the people sitting all around the floor and everything, and you're wondering who these people are in these different cities. It's, it's Well, you know what's interesting with all these different people in the cities? They have one chant in common, I've noticed, over all these, uh, all these playoff games. When a referee makes a mistake, it always you hear the chant, the refs suck. <laughs> it's like, let's look, all of a sudden, it went from defense to the refs suck. It's like, it doesn't make a difference what city it is. That's like the, the, even if you're up by 30 points and they make one call, it's the refs suck. But, you know, it's uh, one thing being from Philadelphia and being a 76ers fan, you know, it was very... I'll have a shirt, everybody. Yeah, that's right. There 76ers and Maxi. I'm a Maxi fan. Right. But, um... But it's the, uh, you know, I was very depressed when the Sixers lost. But after I saw the way the Miami Heat made it through, it gives me hope for next year. Because if they could get through with four undrafted players, then I think every team in the East could actually win the conference next year. As long as they have the right coaching and play well, you have a chance. You don't have to rebuild your whole team and strip it down like I thought maybe the Sixers would have to. I think they're as good as Miami right now if they just would you know, be coached better. But let me ask you about the altitude. Uh, uh, is that an unfair advantage? Should they should they schedule these games where um, they're on even playing field, like kind of like the Super Bowl? Is that some other stadium rather than the stadium of the uh, teams that are playing? Here you have a team that, that lives in Denver. They're used to breathing that air up there and living that lifestyle. And here's a team that lives in Miami. And 
they have a whole different uh, um, conditioning. No, I think that you you owe it to your fans. You play, they they come and they support you all season long. And it's not like it's one game like the Super Bowl. You're playing best out of seven, so sometimes it's four games in one city, three in the other. I think the fans deserve to be a part of it and uh, and to see their team play that they've waited for. It. I, I, we've tried it, I think, a couple years ago just because of COVID. They played in the bubble in Orlando. And I don't think that was that great that all the teams were in Orlando. I think it was much better for the NBA that you can do some traveling. You know, you don't have to uh, do a two-two. You can do a, you know, two games, three games, two games, so the the travel is a little less. So I think it's I think it's fair, fair for the fans. And these guys are professional athletes, so we'll see how it goes the next game Sunday, obviously. So one of the fun things we, Gavi and I made a list of what we want to talk about this week, and number one on the list is this guy Hunter Biden. Um, Joe Wait, Biden. I just want to interrupt oh, you for yeah. one thing. Just want to interrupt you for one thing. When I was watching the NBA, has anybody noticed the weight loss that Charles Barkley has has had? He's lost sixty two pounds on this Ozempic drug that he's uh, Monjero. I'm sorry, Monjero, not Ozempic. But uh, they asked him like, uh, "What's in it?" He has no idea what's in it. All he knows is he's losing. He lost 62 pounds. He's tried everything his entire life. He's still able to eat. It's like, uh, you know, I, uh, it's just a, it's an unbelievable thing. So not to take away from the enemy, but it's pretty interesting watching him on TNT with Shaq and everybody, and everybody's getting skinny on this, uh, on this drug. Well, how's that affect his endorsement deal with Subway uh, sandwiches? Uh, you know, if he's losing all this weight, are you going to go to Subway? Is it that good? Well, well hopefully he doesn't end up like Jared, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think that, you know, look, there was a guy that just lost all this weight eating McDonald's every day. So I think if he, you know, has a, a Subway sandwich, it, it just whatever's in this drug, obviously he doesn't even know. Is working, so I don't think it, I think it could be a win-win. So on our first show, we talked about this is epic. Gavi and I are on it. Gavi's down how much now? I'm down ten pounds. Ten pounds in a month. In uh, a little more than a month. Right, and I'm down four pounds in two weeks. So uh, it's a very exciting time to do something like this, where you essentially, though I'm a little more conscious of what I eat, but I, the weight does come off. And I guess once you get down a fair amount of weight and you really notice a difference, you know, it'll be really exciting. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to change the weight loss, uh, the weight loss business. And it's funny. You even see that, uh, you even see that with politicians, you know, we were talking, uh, you know, uh, you know, we could lead into uh, Chris Christie just announced that he's uh, going to be running uh, against Donald Trump. And I said, uh, who do you think that's going to benefit the most? I asked that to Cuddy. I go, who do you think it benefits the most? And he came out with a good answer. Ozempic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Chris Christie going to start out on Ozempic and you're going to watch him wither away during this campaign? Yeah. But anyway, we wanted to start out with Hunter Biden. You know, forget about all this, you know, bank money, transfer, thievery, whatever's going on there. You know, we want to talk about him as a person. So what do you think, Gavi? What do I think? I think it's, it's pretty amazing that a guy can be an expert in oil. He could be a painter. He could... Uh, 
all the things, all the business deals that he makes in China and, and Pakistan, uh, wherever he goes, yet he still has time to be doing crack 24 hours a day. <laughs> he has hookers. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the covering up for him. You know, asking his dad to help pay for some of this. Uh, he's having, he's, he, he runs away from, he leaves his wife for his dead brother's wife. And sister. And yeah. sister. They had a threesome. And then um, he meets a girl, marries her in a week, has a baby with her. But, but how do you think his father feels when, like, just yesterday, 10,000 pictures were just released on the internet of his daughter-in-law, his naked daughter-in-law with his son. I mean, like... All, only 9,200 of them were, <laughs> were not good. But, so, I'm so proud to be an American. When I see a police officer, I say, thank you for your service. When I see a Marine in this thing where these kids beat up the, these Marines, you know, if they're in a delicatessen, I want to buy them lunch. So one of the things for me, symbols of America, is the American flag. Another symbol is Air Force One. And when Donald Trump was president, he used to keep this Air Force One at the Palm Beach International Airport right on display. And as you drove by, you saw United States of America across Air Force One. And you said to yourself, wow, how cool is that? You know, this is America. Well, this is where I have the problem. Hunter Biden is admitting that he's a crack addict, that he's a drug drug addict, that he's a philanderer, that he's this and that. And he's standing on the top of Air Force One with his father about to enter the plane. And right across the top of the plane, it says United States of America. Just a bad look. I just I just don't understand where Joe Biden's head is on this. All the all the other stuff, I guess they'll figure out the the stealing and everything, just that look is a bad look. But, you know, you want to know where his head's at. I, I want to know how the American people, when they could ask him, you just spent 18 hours on a flight with your son going to China. He goes, does his business for three days. They get back on Air Force One, and they come back on another 18-hour flight. And then Joe Biden says to the American people, I have no idea. I never asked him how his business is. I know nothing about it. Like, how is that believable? Where are the reporters just to say, like, you have, you have absolutely no idea what your son did in China? Was he with hookers? Well, Joe could have been sleeping the whole time, you know. He <laughs> I mean, like, like he slept it's, his it's a natural thing to say to your son, like, was it successful? What you do? Like, I mean, like, is it dead silence on the phone? Like, I just don't understand that. And it's just so accepting. It's just so accepting that no one is allowed to ask a question other than what's your flavor, favorite ice cream. It's just. Yes. Yeah, so they're going to get all through that. Both Gavi and I agree. We don't think this guy will be the candidate for, for uh, president again, but it's pretty interesting on the Republican side. I don't know. There's 15, 16, 17 people. And yet on the democratic side, why, other than Robert F. Kennedy Jr., why isn't anybody running against Joe Biden? Is it a machine that they just feel they can't compete with? Well, after yesterday, when you saw an 80-year-old man fall the way he did, you know, it's very easy to break, his, break your hip. And, you know, what, 50% of the people that are like 80 years or older that break a hip, you end up passing away from that. So, I mean... Think about how close we maybe could have come to Kamala Harris being president of the United States, which, do you know anything about her? 
<laughs> I mean, I just know that she laughs a lot. <laughs> but you don't really know anything about her. And she's running on the ticket with him. Well, she's in charge of immigration. She is in charge of immigration. And uh, I think the Space Force right now. Right, but, but, right. But it's... I mean, I think that during this, uh, if there's a debate or during this upcoming election, I'm, I'm waiting for the media to start, like, talking to her, like, talking to her every day. Like, she could be running the country. Most likely, if, if Joe Biden does win, then she could be president for two years. I mean, let's let's find out about her. So do you think that if you were a Republican strategist, would that be your strategy? Wait a second. You're really voting for Kamala Harris. Because Joe Biden barely can make it now, physically. That would be one. He's challenged. Yes, that would be one of my strategies to know, like, let her bring her into the into the fray and let her uh, have to perform, you know, in front of people. And I think that would be that's just one of the things. I mean, I think uh, I think uh, Governor uh, Chrissy, Chris Christie coming in, I think uh, instead of Donald Trump, just uh, uh, throwing haymakers at DeSantis, I think uh, DeSantis is going to benefit because he's going to have Chris Christie throwing punches right back at Donald Trump. And now Donald Trump's going to have to focus a little bit on a guy that's picking on him. I mean, Donald Trump has no problems picking on everybody. I mean, uh, his uh, press secretary, who I thought was amazing, uh, McIndy. Uh, yeah, cancer survivor, incredible yeah, woman. I, I mean, was loyal as can be, and he called her... Uh, White posters. Right. You cross the line with Trump. Yeah. I mean, you're done. I mean, Mike Pence, for four, almost four years, up to a day before, he was an exemplary um, vice president where he followed everything Trump did. He screwed up his last day. Except Trump followers really didn't care about Mike Pence. I mean, he didn't mean anything to Trump followers. Trump followers... They like Kelly. Kelly's great. Right. I mean, like, we, there's a little protection there. She gets a pass. She was fantastic as a press secretary, the way she was. So I think it's like people are watching Donald Trump. It's almost like picking on his own family. And I think that was a major mistake that he did because uh, I'm a fan of hers. And I don't think that uh, I think just him doing that is a turnoff to me. And I think that that just a little bit opens up the door to uh, for DeSantis. And I think what's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Donald Trump's going to have a lot of bumps in the road going forward. I'm, I mean, think about it. There's a president of the United States that might want to arrest him with the DOJ. Has that ever happened before? No. That a guy that is leading his, his number one opponent, is a, there's a chance he is arrested by the sitting president of the United States, his DOJ in Garland. It's unbelievable. But... Part of what Donald Trump is able to do, like Kellyanne Conway, whose husband was just beating, <laughs> beating this guy, taking a beating to this guy, he manages to reel him back in after after they leave. You know, Steve Bannon, they leave. It's a talent. It's a talent to be able to have to have a person that works for you that has a husband that hates you, and you can still just go on like it's just like it's just like a duck in the water, like it's just you know. Well. The interesting part about the Republican side, and then we'll talk about Joe Biden, is the last time there were 16, in 2016, I guess it was, there were 16 candidates in a debate stage. They only get, get one or two sentences in. I mean, it's not even a fair fight because it's not. Now, we have Joe Biden over here that's refusing to debate. 
he's not going to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. And Robert Kennedy Jr., I don't know. What do you what do you think of that cat? I mean, well, you know, he has he has the last name, but to be honest with you, his voice. I have a tough time listening to his I voice. Know. I mean, is that makes me shallow? That like I, I just have a tough time listening to him. I like I find myself clearing my throat when sometimes I'm listening to him. So I right. can't get past that. Yeah, I mean, people are listening to our voice. They may not like Yeah, that's true, but I, I don't know. It is, and, and by the way, just to be fair, Ron DeSantis, he has a little bit of a high voice. Yeah, there, high like. voice, <laughs> like on Seinfeld, you know? That, <laughs> the uh, When Jerry was calling uh, that gal and, and the husband kept answering, and it was a high voice, a high voice talker. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, how can Joe Biden legitimately, with all the concerns over his health, his mental um, dementia or stability, how can he not be on a debate stage at least against the Democrat, at least against Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whoever is going to be against him? I don't think he has a choice. I think he looks at what's the... What's his what's his best shot? His best shot is not to talk, not to debate, have his have people, you know, do it for him. I think if he goes out there, it, it, he's a sitting duck uh, without a teleprompter. I think it would be uh, just yeah, walking or, off a stage is going to be difficult. For right. Him. Or walking onto a stage. I'll have to have somebody walk him on there. But, you know, even somebody like Gavin Newsom is a really good looking guy. I mean, the problem with electing Gavin Newsom is you're going to have sanctuary tents all over the White House lawn. I mean, you know, that's where I don't know. he's going to allow it. People. Well, what does he run on? The, the, like, if everybody looks at Cal, I mean, San Francisco for the very first time is now spending money to try to bring tourists to come to this town. And for what? When they get there, what are they going to see? Right. I mean, what are they going to see? That all the stores are leaving, uh, all major stores are leaving. You got people on the street. I mean, Gavin Newsom's going to run on that. I mean, he, just the just the his competitors are going to slam California. Right. Well, in the last election, Joe Biden basically bunkered in his basement and he won, and he allowed Trump to make mistakes. Verbally make mistakes. I think Joe Manchin. I think that's a guy. Joe Manchin. That he's the sleeper. I think here's a guy that can, you know, he's not well liked by his own Democratic Party. But you know what? He could have the best shot of everybody to beat the Republican. And if I was a Democrat, I would be thinking, you know what? Middle of the road. The, The object's to win. And Joe Manchin could be their ticket to get them out of this mess. That's my sleeper. Right. Well, going back to Trump, it was great. I wrote it down here yesterday. Um, He was giving a speech or he was giving an interview. I forget who it was with. And he uses the term anchor baby. So this reporter asked him, why don't you use the term American born child of an undocumented immigrant? And Donald Trump says, I'm going to use anchor baby. I mean, what does that mean? Well, first of all, Anchor baby, it, it, it's it's a slang, and uh, you know it's 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 not a great terminology. But let's let's explain what anchor baby is, because there's a lot of countries that don't allow that. For instance, England, Australia, there's no such thing as uh, as having a a it's an anchor baby is a is two undocumented immigrants that have a baby. The baby doesn't get automatic citizenship to that country. So 
that in our country, you can be, you can both be undocumented. And if you have a baby, that baby becomes a U.S. citizen and gets all the benefits of uh, food stamps, everything like that, and gets to stay here. Other countries, you, you can't do that. So that's where the term, you know, the slang came, anchor baby. Donald Trump likes that. He, he goes. Right. He likes the shock factor. Yeah. He likes the shock factor. And, uh, and, you know, um, you know, so, the question is, some people really agree with that. You know, if you have 20 million people come here, next thing you know, it's, you know, that's how you can control, you can take over a whole country if you don't have laws. That's why we do have laws coming in the legal way, coming in with an open border the way it is right now. It's, it's, it's not working. Everybody admits it's not working. So we got to stop it. And I don't know why there's a wall that's lying in the desert right now, unfinished. I mean, like, I don't understand when Joe Biden came into office, he hated Donald Trump so much. The first two things he did is he stopped the pipeline and stopped the wall. That just, that had, that didn't benefit the country. That, that just showed you, I hate Donald Trump. Let me get him back. I'm going to use my executive orders where he could have left them in place. Well, Donald Trump yesterday was talking about the fact that we were energy independent and the fact that Joe Biden got rid of a lot of the energy um, things that were happening good for America and energy dominant, that's what caused inflation because gas is part of everything. I don't know if that really caused the inflation, but it might have had something to do with it. But anyway, here we are. And as we watch the news and read the news, I love this story about Al Pacino. He's 83 years old, and we found out his sperm still swims. I mean, he gets a 27-year-old girl pregnant. But I got a question for you. Do you think that this is possible? Do you think Al Pacino had breakfast one morning with Robert De Niro, and they both said, hey, do you want to be a dad? Robert De Niro said, yeah, I think I'm going to be a dad. And Al Pacino said, all right, me too. Maybe we'll have a like, uh, play group together. <laughs> and, they, and they both went out in their 80s, and they're, like, uh, and they're, and they're having kids. So now the question is... Uh, well, maybe they were with Nick Cannon, too, as 12 kids. What, what if, if, if you were FanDuel and you had to bet, how old do you think the kid will be when, when one of them passes away? Do they make seven, eight, ten? Yeah, I mean, is that a Vegas line? I, does, does Al Pacino make it to kindergarten, <laughs> the first day of kindergarten? Does he get the first day of kindergarten? I mean, it's, it really is unbelievable to see these. I mean, think about this. When, when Al Pacino was 60 years old, he, if he went to an elementary school and he saw a fourth grader, he could say, one day, that's going to be my wife. <laughs> that <laughs> is really well, funny. One day, that's, I mean, could you imagine going past an elementary school at your age and saying, right. hey, that fourth grader, yeah, why one, not? I'll wait, I'll wait her out. She's going to be my wife one day. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. And I saw an interview with him. He said, I'm really excited about this. I mean, really, he's excited about it. I think he's excited that he got somebody pregnant. Uh, it really is. It's, it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. I wonder how many, who's next? Who's next to make up this play, uh, play group? Well, it's like several years ago when Bob Kraft, owner of the Patriots, um, was arrested for, he's 80-some years old. He's in a massage parlor in Palm Beach. They arrest him for being in a massage parlor. And I'm saying to myself, if an 80-some-year-old guy wants to go to a massage parlor and whatever, why are you going to arrest him? I mean, you gotta, you got to applaud him. He's still living. He's still breathing. He still wants to do stuff like that. Well, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, if you, 
Robert Kraft's son, don't you think he has to look at Robert's wife now, who was his girlfriend at the time, and say, why is my dad, why is my dad going to a massage parlor? You're already 40 years younger than him. Like, why, why, why aren't you doing what the massage person's doing? Right. Maybe it's just a, um, they're feeling invincible. They're, they're afraid to face the rage. They, they want to just be relevant and try and. Makes them feel younger. Makes them feel uh, younger, makes right? Makes them feel younger. But um, it was an unbelievable story. I think he ended up getting off of the, uh, getting off of the, the uh, charge. But anyway, so here we are down and we're in beautiful downtown Boca in a beautiful podcast uh, f- a studio here. And what's really interesting uh, is people are leaving town in droves and the, uh, the restaurants are being a little more available and there's places now for everybody to put their walkers and wheelchairs in the front of the uh, restaurants. And it's not that bad. It's not like uh, Boca it, Vista from Jerry Seinfeld. Right, right, right. It's actually getting it's actually getting younger here. Right. I think the average age now is down to seventy four. <laughs> it was up about eighty one. Well, there are a lot more golf carts. It's starting to be a little bit like the villages in downtown Boca right now with everybody with these golf carts driving around. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because there's so many people that have moved here from through COVID from New York. And it's definitely this summer. Well, we're, we're really not in summer yet. We're June, what, second or third. Um it's definitely more crowded than it ever was. And there are certainly a lot more younger people. And um, it, I, I think the real estate market down here is really still pretty strong because people are moving here. They're selling their one-bedroom condo in Manhattan for $4 million. And down in Florida, you can get a fabulous house, you know, for less and be in a And neighbor. your kids are outside. It's just, it's, it's healthy. It's a healthy lifestyle. Instead of being on the computer, your kids are outside, they're playing sports. You know, there's just so much to do down here that I think that, uh, I think COVID forced them to, uh, had their friends that came down here. And then they said, how did it work out for you? And their friends were like the cavalry. They said, come on down. And it's like every year, more and more people are just coming down. And I think some of the schools are really fantastic schools. There's a lot of great private schools here uh, in this area. Hard to get into. I mean, it's hard to get into these private schools because of the demand right now. Right. It's impossible to get in. It's like getting into a great college. Did you uh, did you uh, read about uh, the people from coming down from New York and up north? They're trying to steal the nannies. Did you? No, I didn't read that. Yeah, there uh, there are some uh, nannies in uh, that are walking with uh, babies and everything, and uh, in Palm Beach, and they're being approached by people saying, "How much are you getting paid? We'll double your salary because they need a nanny down here for their kids and their uh, wife." Or someone said, "I don't care what you have to do, wow. just get." Just get a nanny. So they're now, all these nannies are walking and they're being approached by, uh, by people because there's a shortage of nannies down here. Maybe I should apply. Yeah, well, you know Yeah, what? look, if uh, this podcast, uh, hey, it's a, it could be a great job. No, no. good job. A thousand a week? Yeah, th- is that what they make, a thousand yeah. a week? Whatever, 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 wow. whatever it takes. Well, I think that's more than we're making here, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We didn't get our first paycheck you know, yet. Maybe we'll have a nanny on as a guest. No, I think we should. But it's interesting. So over Memorial Day weekend, you know, I'm driving down the street, and you're watching all these people go to the beach. And uh, 
down here, it's it's an amazing phenomena. You know, the, every guy is a muscle man. I mean, they're built like unbelievable, giant muscles. And the women, they're wearing these thongs that like my dental floss is is thicker than some of these <laughs> these thongs. And they're walking down the beach, and it's it's kind of crazy. You go into a restaurant, and a woman is wearing like a skirt that's kind of slid up a little, or she has one extra button unbuttoned and you're like, wow, look at her over there. But yet then you walk down Palmetto Park Road and you see these see these people in these thong bathing suits and you're like, whoa, do their parents know what they you know but, that they left the house but, like this today? But you know how I've changed? I'm now at a stage where when I see someone dress like that in skimpy clothes and they're in the Publix, the first thing I think about, aren't they cold walking down that lake? Right. Because right. I'm cold in the in a public supermarket. I'm thinking, not even, I'm not even looking. I'm just thinking, like, they must be freezing in this place. Right, right. Publix, for, because we are broadcasting across America here, we are, as I said, the number one podcast in, podcast in America. For the 817 people that listened last week, and hopefully everybody tells their friends and it doubles and triples every week. But Publix is probably the dominant supermarket in the in the place. Are we almost out of time? We are. What? <laughs> That's it. That, I think that could be. Wait, it. do we have anything else to talk about before we say goodbye? Well, we got to save some for next week. We could hear about some of your uh, about some of your uh, dates that you've gone on already. Oh, geez. Well, you know. It's been very slow here in Boca. There's not much going on. Everybody left town. Everybody's on vacation. School just let out. So down here in Florida, the schools start early. They start mid-August. Mid-August. So they end early. They end probably last week, right? First, like second week of May. And then everybody takes their family vacation. They leave town. And the town, really, there's not... If you're single and you're dating, there's really... Not many people around. I mean, if you're on Match.com and you go on the Boca area, there's no pictures this week. <laughs> Nobody saw it. I'm just kidding. I'm not on Match.com, but I'm, I, I, it just uh, limits it down. We could ask Al Pacino how, like, where he found yeah. success. So uh, it's, it's just absolutely, we would love to get her in here for an interview. I'd love to talk to this 27-year-old woman and ask her what, other than the fact that you know, he's Al Pacino, obviously. He's very interesting. Would you ask her that, how does it feel that you're with someone 15 years older than your grandfather? How about it, the fact that he has $400 million, does that impact your decision to date this guy? I mean, Yes. <laughs> the fact yes. that you want to have a child and you'll get 90000 a month in child support, does that impact you? Yes. It? it does. Okay. Well, anyway, Gavi, it's so great to be with you, and I'm really looking forward to our episode next week. I see that the um, Stallone sisters uh, postponed their podcast because they're doing a reality TV show. So maybe all 56,000 of their listeners can listen to us if we can somehow. Yeah, and you could, like, again, you could follow us on your uh, on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else that you uh that you listen to podcasts. All right. So next week, hopefully we'll have more to talk about with this basketball and what's going on. And we'll find a whole bunch of things about Joe Biden. Maybe he'll fall a couple ja, times more. John ja Morant, we get the NBA is going to give him his suspension. So we're going to find out what that right. suspension is. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. All right, everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening.